Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scrano. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, happy Giants victory Tuesday to you. How goes it? It goes well, Mateo. It goes well. Another day, another dollar. Another day closer to Jesus' birthday. Christmas. Uh yeah. Football season, college football season. Officially over, but we get to look forward to the meaningless bowl games that start on Saturday. So that's something. Yep. I'm looking forward to that, which I believe and then you'll host when we do our um our annual bowl game uh picks, which did I win last year? Probably. Yeah, we'll won. do it later. We'll do it the second episode this week. Yeah, it starts Saturday. Both times we've done that. And then, obviously, the following weekend is the, the fourth annual Christmas episode. All right. Um, Dennis, we are joined alongside, as all not as always, but uh, an old-time uh, friend of the show and it's been on the show multiple times in the past. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome back, uh, going by Ellis, Ellis Passan, um, the Matt and Dennis baseball correspondent, diehard Yankees fan, Mr. and... Uh, new father and host of Dad's Nursing Babies Bets hashtag. It's Ellis Gill. Ellis, welcome back to the program. How are you? Ah, oh, great guys. Good to be back. Sorry, I was just uh, trying to find the uh, Alcorn State versus Maryland game. Kind of hard to find, but I found it. Don't worry. Ooh, barn burner. Yeah. Are you? Uh, is it? Is your uh, computer down in your uh, groinal area? It looks like you're looking down on us. I am. This is a this is a uh, POV view. Oh, nice, big fan. Ellis, Ellis, really quick, and and, and I want to. I have that just, section bookmarked. Um, because we briefly, I briefly brought up uh, dads nursing babies making bets, and this came up because now that sports betting is legal in Florida, I get to talk about it more on the show, and this was kind of inspired by me waking up for work. And you and a one Mike Osa are typically in, and number one fan Nick Burns are typically awake hours before I am, uh, because two of you are now fathers and you both, you all just work earlier schedules. But I would wake up and go to work and have sitting in my unread text messages, you betting on tennis at like three o'clock in the morning, which prompted me to ask you, are you actually a tennis aficionado? And this is very convenient for you while you're nursing your newborn child um or are you just guessing like which names sound the coolest so i, I want to hear more about that and this is where dad's nursing babies making bets comes from because i'm sure you're not the only dad that's losing sleep and his sleep schedule is turned upside down and needs something to watch at that obscene hour so what has that been like for you you know matt it's uh and congratulations thank you it's uh it's a little new for me. I am not, as uh, you have said, I am not a night owl. Um, so, you know, this is a little new territory for me. Um, but, you know, the, the uh, wife unit and myself have been trying to share the uh, overnight feedings. So lately I've been doing the like two to four hour-ish, whenever she feeds in that kind of time frame. Um, and, you know, when she's feeding, there's not really much else for me to do. So what else am I going to do? I'm going to check out FanDuel, see what's going on, and 
it's really just that uh, Australian slash Korean women's basketball or uh, tennis. So uh, I'm just picking those hard favorites and uh, betting like a buck. And I wake up and sometimes, you know, I win, I don't. But, you know, it get, uh, gives me something to do while I'm feeding a three-week-old. So you bet? Do you bet a dollar and just have to overload a parlay with the favorites? Because if you bet a dollar and it's all the heavy favorites, you can't be getting a whole lot, right? So you know, I've been doing like usually what I've been finding through this tennis thing is there's not you know the money lines are not usually close, especially when they start. So you know you you got to pile on like five six teams in a parlay to make it you know bet a dollar to win like eight or nine bucks. Gotcha. Well, again, congratulations. Best of luck on uh, you. on your new journey and your new endeavor as dad's nursing babies making bets. Again, if that gets big, uh, the Matt and Dennis podcast do uh, claim some royalties from that. Uh, I, will, uh, I, I will pay on that. Don't worry. Well, and we'll we'll give the mic back over to Ellis in a little bit here when we get in the Yankees. But gentlemen and Dennis, I'll, I want to throw some my sense out there and kick it over to you. But the Giants... Win again, the Green Bay Packers. And eventually, obviously, I want to talk to you and, and uh, Ellis, who he should not be named. Um, it's widely documented that we have disagreements on how we see the direction of this of this team. But putting all of that aside just for a moment, and I think I've said it on this show before, and a lot of sports talking heads have said this, but picture yourself, we're all – Big Giants fans getting hyped up for week one to play Dallas, a team that we're probably going to lose to, but we think we have a chance. We got Daniel Jones at the helm. We got all these new offensive weapons. The team is healthy. We're all revved up, and then the Giants lose 40 nothing. If you accidentally wind up in some coma and you woke up last night or woke up this morning and the Giants fans, the team – they're all galvanized by third-string quarterback Tommy DeVito, who lives 10 minutes away from the stadium with his parents. His mom uh, makes his bed, does his laundry, makes his favorite meal, which is chicken cutlets. Now you got this guy who's nicknamed Tommy Cutlets leading the team. They look, they look the best they have all year by a long shot on, on all cylinders, clicking on all cylinders. And then not only are you like, what the heck is happening? You're like, oh, let me watch the highlights from the game. And you see this one guy looks like he's in the mafia and it's his agent. Then you look up and it's not only his family just kissing each other, but all the fans in the stands are waving their hands in the air, doing the Italian hand gesture thing. Isaiah Hodgins, who makes an amazing catch after a great pass in the end zone. He's the first thing he's doing is doing the hand thing. Then in the locker room, Joe Shane is doing it, and everyone's like, what the heck is going on? And in a season that was going nowhere fast, and people are like, oh, they're one game out of the playoffs. I'm not even going to get into that. I, I don't think they're they're making the playoffs. But all that aside, a season that was so bleak and so boring and just flat-out painful to watch, there's a fun storyline. The city's jazzed up. The fans are jazzed up. I know you guys are probably to some degree going to try to rain on the parade and have at it, but this is fun. Like even if the giants are just this five win team and they're probably not making the playoffs, they're still one game out of the playoffs with this guy that looks like he's straight out of the movie, the Sopranos. And it's just your quintessential New Jersey Italian representing this team. It's just absolutely hilarious. You couldn't make this stuff up. 
we'll talk about the game too, but your guys in general, it's, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. And I didn't see it coming. Dennis, you could start and then we could pass it over to, to Elf. I'm not going to rain on anybody's parade, Matt. I said this two weeks ago when we did our recap of the Patriots. We kind of were looking ahead to the Green Bay game. It's fun. The Giants season, what you know, again, we make fun of my Dunzo list, but I threw them on there the week after they let a New York Jet team who didn't record a first down until very late into the fourth quarter come back and beat them. That was the team that is still in my mind. The Buffalo Bill game, still in my mind. Some calls don't go our way, maybe a PI at the end of the game. It, that team still exists. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we saw that team somehow last night. We were able to survive, though. And it, we were able to survive because of Tommy DeVito. It's amazing what he's doing. It, you hear the comps all over. Of, it's Brock Purdy, this guy coming out of nowhere. I mean, uh, I don't know who. I may, it might have been number one fan of the pod sharing a meme. I don't even think you can consider it a meme. It was just a picture, like a or a like a word, a little paragraph of like how funny this is. Where the Browns, the situation that they're in, trading all that they did for Deshaun Watson to put them over the top, take them to the playoffs, and try to make them a Super Bowl team. They're now in the thick of the AFC playoff picture with thirty-eight-year-old Joe Flacco throwing for over 300 yards a game. And the Giants, who pay all this money to Daniel Jones, are now in the thick of the playoff hunt with third-string quarterback out of Syracuse and Illinois, undrafted, Tommy DeVito. So, yes, it's fun. Yes, I'm going to enjoy it. I will enjoy just Tommy DeVito. And the Giants were playing into the whole hand gesture thing. We, The videos with different TikTokers or whatever the hell you want to where they're rating Italian foods, like... They're playing into this. And then obviously now we're on the biggest stage of Monday Night Football. And the Giants are just going to double down. How does the agent want to dress? Well, let's throw a fedora on him. He's going to dress in all black. He'll have the the gold chain, the uh, crucifix hanging from the chest. Yeah, by all means. Typical New Jersey Italian middle-aged man. Family in, the, family in the stands. Faces beat red because they're overjoyed. Kissing each other on the cheeks. The, I mean... The balls of Zupita Pesh can't get much bigger in the house of DeVito right now. So, yeah, I'm all in on him. But at the same time, we watched our incredible running back somehow fumble a football where the game was over, sealing things, done, and then watch the defense allow Jordan Love, who finally figured it out, drive down the field, score a touchdown at typical Giant game. What happens? Tommy DeVito slinging darts all over the field. Wandell Robinson, shout out Wandell. We've talked about him on this podcast as being here and there, little glimpses of what this guy could be, kind of the replacement for Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard could never keep himself on the field. This slot receiver that has afterburners, once he gets into the open field, can really be a dynamic playmaker. We absolutely saw it last night and absolutely saw the Giants exploiting certain areas and gaps in the Packers' defense. And that one play where they catches him across the middle and he's whoop right at the sideline to get us in the field goal range, it's huge. But then you're also you're just holding your I mean, I was laying in bed last night, still holding my breath, because I'm not rooting against the Giants. I I'm not hoping Randy Bullock walks out there and shanks it and I go into the group chat, told you the Giants suck. We can't win. I absolutely don't want that. 
But at the same time, don't tell me. None of you are sitting there like, oh, my God, don't do this to us. Don't have the excitement. Let me have the excitement. The all caps, let's go Giants. So this, we have two of our best friends at the game all liquored up, excited on a Monday night. And what are the Giants going to do? They're going to just sit on your chest like a three-ton elephant. Like, why are you making this so difficult? This night was perfect. You completely outplayed a team that is was looking to make a run towards the playoff and secure a wild card spot. They didn't look the Packers did not look good from the start. And the, the Giants were the beneficiary of that. Finally, all things you mentioned it, clicking on all cylinders, all things going right. The defense, shout out the secondary. Pass rush was pretty good. Didn't get after Jordan Love as much, but caused some early throws. The secondary De Deontay Banks looking like a legit first round pick, looking like Joe Shane made the absolute right call when everyone thought Giants got to go receiver here. Who are they going to get? And this litany of receivers go boom, 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 right in front of him. Like, what the hell? Deontay Banks looks like maybe one of the best players in that uh, little area, I don't even know, section of the draft where the Giants were. Proving himself, getting better week in and week out. And we've talked about it, where they're basically just like, yeah, go ahead. You have an island. Don't give up big yards. Don't give up the touchdowns. Get a game-saving deflection in the end zone last night so he's looking great but then it's everybody else with Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney I thought the secondary played their asses off last night so yeah I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade but <laughs> Giants, the Giants almost did it again Matt they almost gave you an awesome game and in an instant it was almost zapped away but somehow Tommy DeVito cool calm under like just cool as you can be in the pocket and credit the Giants offensive line no sacks last night so and he he he's looked better we can get more into DeVito but he's looked better we talked about the commander's game he made some mistakes here and there what's his uh you know decision making process how fast is he processing things he looks like he's getting better week after week so that's I, I unfortunately going to give us offseason stuff to talk about yeah, and we'll get to that. And also, Mike, too. Where I was more so going with that wasn't necessarily the analytics of the game. Of course, Saquon, like, what, what the heck, like. But the other good thing about that is how many times does this Giants team not win those kind of games? They had a That's minute. what I mean. They did. They did everything they could to lose that game in the final three minutes. And you're like, okay, here we go. And the Packers. It was like, no, defense can make a stand. We're gonna be okay. But no, the defense, it was almost like, nope, the defense gave you everything they they had. You you were not supposed to see the defense again in this game. They went right down the... Now, again, incredible throw by Jordan Love. The weird... He barely crosses the plane to get a touchdown. So it's like, all right, you got to give that to him. It is what it is. But that's a game where you'd watch the Giants are going to get the ball back. They're going to do some stupid play calls. Maybe they're going to call a draw play. They run in the offensive line. DeVito slinging it 10 feet over the receiver's heads. And then, bada-bing, bada-boom, something gets picked or something. But it didn't look like that. It was almost like as soon as the Giants offense walked out there and DeVito dropped back, you kind of felt confident. It, I, that's what I. That's where I was going with that. I felt less confident in Randy Bullock lining up for that field goal than I yeah, felt. Yeah, I, I, was, I was very worried. At any moment during the of DeVito executing that drive. Ellis, let's uh, pass it over to you. Obviously, I want to get – more into the just the team going forward and what what this random Devito success means, obviously for Daniel Jones and offseason. But just your initial thoughts on this 
storyline, you're someone that very well recorded um, was not eager for Giants wins in the month of December. You've always very much been a, if we're not going anywhere fast, go for the draft picks. And that's where you and I consistently disagree. Um, but just your general thoughts on on this Tommy DeVito story and and how and, and if in any way, because I know you, a one Mike Osa, were very much on the same team about thinking that the wins were were pointless. Does this storyline that's getting everyone hyped up? Does this sway you in any way? Are you enjoying it? Or are you just like, this is pointless and I could really give it? So uh, I'm going to start quick. Like, I'm, this team's not going to the playoffs. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say with that. But I told you, Matt, I told you, I told you I had a surprise for you, right? I told you that earlier today, right? I am not here to rain on your parade today. Okay. Not here. Last week and this week, have been the most enjoyable giant watching experiences I've had all year. Um, you know, you jinxed me a little bit yesterday. I fell asleep at the end of the game, so I didn't get to see it because, you know, you gave me the sorty jinx. Um, but I really – I think yesterday I watched until I fell asleep, watched every single play, and I was on the edge of my seat almost all game, really just enjoying the whole experience – it was just nice to see a team be competitive against the team. You know, the Packers aren't great, but they're not, you know, they're not, you know, bottom tier of the league. So, you know, they're, you know, close to on par with us, maybe a little better on paper. Um, but, you know, it was nice to see us compete. You know, it, it just seemed like the whole, the team as a whole was just in a really good mood yesterday. Everyone was kind of banding around each other. Everyone was having a good time giving each other's high fives, probably a little booty slapping here and there, which is always good time. Um, but, you know, you know, De DeVito really seems to have brought that out in the team, the coaching staff, the city, you know, the whole organization. So I really think he's kind of brought a new life into the, into the, the team. Um, you know, kind of where we are with our record, you know, I think at this point, there's, there's not any hope of, you know, like the top two, probably even three quarterback guys that are coming out. Um, but I do know that this is a little deeper class, especially, and you know, Dennis can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think next year is supposed to be a lot weaker than this year in terms of quarterbacks. Um, so with it being a deep class, you know, we still have a chance if, you know, that's the direction we're going to go to still get someone. So at this point, if we're winning a little bit, it's really not a big deal, especially if us as these troubled fans for 13 years or whatever, 10 years, haven't really had much to be excited about. Um, so I really enjoyed yesterday. I really enjoyed last week. Um, you know, we do have the Eagles twice, twice more, correct? Um so, you know, I know they didn't look great against the Cowboys, um, but I don't think that's really a team that we're going to be able – you know, maybe we'll compete one of the games, but I don't think we're going to beat that team either either time. Um, so, you know, that's two losses right there probably. Um, but, you know, maybe we still get another win or two, um, and I'm totally okay with that. You know, it's been enjoyable. Um, you know, Jones, Tyrod kind of had – 
you know, they've had this makeshift kind of similar line, and DeVito seems to be rolling with the punches. And, you know, last night I really noticed a lot, like, those moments when the line was, like, closing in. He just found ways to get out, either to get a nice little run or he found someone open. And he didn't, like, the play didn't end. He kept the play going. So I think that goes a long way with coaches and teammates kind of putting a little more effort out there. Um, so it was just fun to see. And, you know, it's nice to enjoy watching a game again, which I haven't really done in a long time. So, um, you know, last year was fun, but I'm talking about in terms of this season. Um, so it's nice to, you know, turn on the game and I'm like, now I'm kind of excited to watch the game. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Mike's, on, Mike's on an island now by himself. Ellis, I will say this. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Giants lose both games to Philadelphia, regardless of it's DeVito or Tyrod or whoever. But I will say this. If Tommy DeVito, I also just want to say, and I know I'm not the only one um, that's done this, and a lot of sports talking heads are doing it, but every time I say his name, I want to say Danny DeVito. And, like, by accident. Like, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's a joke. Like, And I've seen it on TV. Uh, what's his name? Um Oh, uh, um, I forget his name. The, the radio guy. Um, he called him Danny DeVito. Uh, some of the guys in the fan were calling him Danny DeVito. Just not, not disrespectfully. Like they just forgot that his name is not Danny DeVito. Um, but yeah, like I, I love the story. If if he can go beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Day, which I'm not anticipating, but if he could, I will go build that statue with my own bare hands. Or I will get this logo tattooed on my ass cheek if he were to do that. I don't think it'll happen, but holy, that would, he'd be already in the Giants, Giants folklore uh, for for years, for years and years to come. Anywho, LSE mentioned this, and this has been a topic I've heard all day. Um, and this kind of, I guess, rains on Tommy DeVito's parade because now with this random success and. Don't get me wrong. They can go to New Orleans, drop an absolute, like, dud, and Tommy DeVito could throw three interceptions and get sacked and fumble. Like, that could very well happen, and then DeVito mania comes to a crashing end. Or it could keep on going. But now that he has these three games, to your point, this is the most fun they've been to watch. This is the best they've looked. Most of the team is still there from the entire year. The offensive line has gotten a little bit more... Um, uh, what's I'm missing? All, I'm losing all my words today. But we've had a more consistent offensive line, I should say, as far as health, as far as moving all the pieces around. You're starting to see guys like you said, Dennis Wandell Robinson, who next to Devito is my player of the game yesterday. Um, you're starting to see these guys who were there all along, now showing up, now doing the hand stuff, like just getting really excited where they were not before. So a lot of people, obviously, you got to stir the pot in, in sports talk media. Is this, does this mean that Daniel Jones was not capable of bringing this out of his guys? Because here's the other thing, too. You always hear all of them say, you know, he's quiet, and you don't really see him say a whole lot to the media. But every single one in that locker room loves him, which I don't I don't I'm not arguing that. But this team, with a lot of the same weapons, is looking a lot different. And, Dennis, you made a point in the past 
I forget which quarterback you were talking about, but you oh, it was Josh Allen. And you made the point. Look at how Brian Dable talks about Josh Allen and greets him on the field when they were playing from his days in Buffalo. And you never really see that with Dable interacting with Daniel Jones. You saw a very, very warm embrace with Brian Dable and Tommy DeVito at the end of that game. Um, So I don't know if this is something to buy into, if there is something to this. uh, I don't know. But it certainly makes the situation the rest of the year in the offseason a lot more complex, in my opinion, because, Ellis, to your point, Giants are more than likely not getting a top two pick. I think they could still win another game before the season's over. Um, but they're going to fall out of that top five. Um, so the situation becomes a lot more complex now uh, with Daniel Jones, who more than likely is back next year because you paid the guy. Um so it, so it adds an interesting element to it, and it, it is food for thought. Where where is this coming from that Daniel Jones wasn't really able to bring out in his team? I don't know if you guys have any heavy thoughts on that. Well, I, I just want to, I mean, one, if somehow the Giants do end up in the playoffs and it's because of Danny or Tommy DeVito, yeah, I, you got to have me saying it. I haven't <laughs> messed up once, and now you got me saying it. But if that happens... I'll join you with the elite, the little uh, symbol. I don't even know about ass. We should probably just get it like just somewhere on our arm. I mean, and then you just like, extend your arm and like, no, boom. I don't know. But look, a tad a bit of put like a little bit of pushback on the like he's rallying the troops. He's this. I think he's got the Giants, the players excited. And because let's be honest, this could not have been an easy season for any of these guys. This is their job. This is their livelihood. They're trying to play their asses off. That's why I think it's it's really hard to tank in the NFL. Because if you are going out there purposely trying to lose, you could get hurt and ruin your career. So I I don't think they were like anyone ever had that thought. I I just think it's been a really tough year. There have been games where the defense, no doubtedly, was pissed off and upset that the offense couldn't garner any points or they're constantly being put back on the field because the offense is turning the football over. I think there was probably some animosity in the locker room at times. And now the season is over, over our quarterback gets hurt. He comes back, he gets hurt. Now he's out for the season. Okay. Now our backup gets hurt. It's like, Oh boy, what, what are we supposed to do? This third string undrafted guy comes in. Well, he's playing pretty well. Hell in the first game that he played in, they didn't let him throw the ball. So it's like, did they ever have confidence in him? Was it basically like that? That's what I mean. The jet game that there are games that are haunting this giants team where it's like, Oh my God, you give away these games. And it's like, look, think about where you could be because I a hundred percent think that the giants can go into new Orleans and win that game. Now the saints are tied for first. They're a team with realistic playoff hopes. Like they're, you know, they have to win their division. I think I don't, I don't think multiple teams are coming out of that division, but they're all six and seven. Right. I think so compared to where the giants are right now, a game behind them, they are technically in the playoff hunt, like all three of them for a possible wild card, especially now with the Packers losing the Vikings losing again. Like it's almost all up for grabs. Hell, I mean, the bears are right there in the thick of the playoff hunt again, too. So I, it's tough because I thought this Packers team was good. I thought this Packers team was kind of 
the team that would separate themselves from everybody else in the NFC and take that six seed in the wild card. Or no, five seed? Yeah, the five seed in the wild card. And, or not the five seed, it's going to be Dallas. Six seed, I was right. Six seed. Uh, and they, I don't know, they didn't look that last night. But up until then, we're basing off a performance against the Commanders, who are not very good. The Patriots, who flat out suck. But also, the Giants didn't look great in that game anyway. So, I want to see... I almost want to see Tommy DeVito get in adverse situations. I want to see him throw interceptions. I want to see him constantly under pressure and maybe he fumbles a ball or two. I want to see how he responds. Then I will know if maybe he's truly got what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I Like, I almost want him to have a bad game. And Let's say the Giants somehow win in New Orleans, but DeVito throws for a buck 80, a touchdown, and three picks. They're not winning the game because of him, but they still won the game. How does he then respond the next week on Christmas Day in Philly? Or, take it a step further, he plays like dog shit against Philly, which we're probably assuming could very easily happen. But then how does he look New Year's against the Rams? A Rams team that will also be fighting for a playoff spot, most likely, because they're playing better football right now. I mean, they went to overtime against the Ravens. They got a miracle punt return. Otherwise, they possibly could win that game. So that's what I'm looking for from DeVito to see. Do we have any sort of question going into the offseason with Daniel Jones? The only other thing I'll say is we talked about this last year, man. The team did embrace Daniel Jones last year. We as fans did embrace him even two years ago. Him extending the plays. Him, oh, he's Eli Manning 2.0. We... We got all goo-goo-gaga over Daniel Jones, too. There were more of us than fewer saying, no, pay the man, he's our quarterback, let's lean in. Look at what he's doing for this team. This Giants team, that Colts game where they scored over 30 points for the first time in three years, whatever the hell it was, this same thing kind of happened. We just didn't have all the theatrics of a hand gesture and Italian food and talking like we're in The Sopranos and his agent looking like a clown on the side. Like We didn't have that with Daniel Jones, but we were still all in. On Danny Dimes. We gave him a nickname. Like, there were times where the running plays extending. What DeVito did last night. Don't tell me Daniel Jones couldn't do the same thing. We watched him do it last year. So I'm not all in on, you know, I think you're right, Matt, where you say, like, Jones is back next year. They paid the guy. He's the quarterback. I think that's 100% right. The only thing I wonder is what we've talked about, and obviously the Buffalo stuff. Daniel Jones means nothing to this Giants regime. He did. They did not draft him. They have no, you know, they paid him, but you could easily get out of that. So I wonder how far they take it. I wonder if they look at this being like, no, we've found a serviceable backup. And if, you know, if need be, he's a starter. But finding a serviceable, back, serviceable backup is still a difficult thing to do in the NFL. So at the worst, at worst case scenario, we've got that. I want to say two quick things in response. Then, Ellis, I want your thoughts on the, the Daniel Jones thing. But one, he's he has been getting credit today. And this was someone that I was not pleased with at all uh, halfway through the season. But you got to give Brian Dable some credit, Dennis, because like what you were saying, the team is still playing hard. This situation was going south fast with just players opening their mouths, talking crap about the coaches. The coaches are apparently talking crap about each other. It was just going downhill 
very, very quick. So not only to get DeVito, aside from, to your point, the one game they wouldn't let him throw, which we should have won that game. Now, if we know, if we had known then what we had known now, Giants probably win that game. So aside from that, the way him, the way Mike Kafka have been able to kind of coach him along and make him game day ready. Granted, like you said, it's not the best teams in the NFL, but still, you're finding ways to win games in a nearly impossible situation, and you're bringing the coaching staff and the players along for the ride. That stadium, granted, a lot of Packers fans showed up because I think a lot of giant, well, one, Packers fans are everywhere because the history of the team, but two, I think a lot of Giants fans weeks into the season sold their tickets because we didn't want to go watch ourselves get our asses kicked. That aside, if you didn't know the records of those teams and you didn't know, like, that place was nuts. That was not a home game for a four-win team. That place was nuts. So to somehow keep this train rolling and have everyone being happy in the locker room, I I think that's – I just think that that's really, really cool, and and I think he deserves some of those accolades. I had another thought, and it's slipping my mind right now. But Ellis, yeah, I just your your thoughts on just the conversations surrounding what this means for Daniel Jones. I mean, I think the guy's probably bummed, but how bummed can you be when you get to sit on your butt, you're recovering, and you're filthy stinking rich? But it's an interesting thought. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, um, you know, as you know, Matt, I, I've really since day one, I have not been on the Jones train. Um, you know, little glimpses, maybe a little bit last year, but really, overall, for the most part, I've not been on his uh, not not on his side. Um, so, this whole situation, I think, definitely plays into the Giants kind of eventually, you know, one way or another after next year going away from Jones, Um, you know, he's going to be back next year. He's, you know, supposedly going to be healthy. So, you know, I I think he'll be the starter at the beginning of the season. Um, And I think – but I don't think he's going to have a long leash. And I think if they start really slow next year, kind of like they did this year, and he's playing and he's not playing well – I think they might just bench him and either put, you know, if DeVito is still on the team or if we draft a quarterback this year, um, I think they might give them a shot. You know, I, I think Jones is, you know, some people have said he's, you know, he hasn't had the time to kind of show what, you know, what he's capable of, but, you know, he's been here long enough. And, you know, he showed a little bit last year, but it wasn't phenomenal, you know, that he brought him to the playoffs. Um you know, I, I think that was a large part on, um, you know, some others that kind of helped him along the way. You know, you know, the run game was very good last year. The defense was good. Um, but so I don't know. I, I, I think one way or another next year we is the last we ever see of Jones. Um, and I don't even think he's going to be our starting quarterback for the entire season next year. I don't know how long it's going to last, um, but I don't think it's he's going to be the guy we're seeing – every Sunday, you know, taking those snaps, at least, you know, at least for the second half of the season, I don't think he'll be the starting quarterback. So you mentioned, um, like drafting a, a guy, let me throw this to the room and, and see what you guys think. Say, Do not say JJ McCarthy. No, I'm not going to say JJ McCarthy. 
say say the Giants get one more win, or say all hell breaks loose and the Giants find a way to get two more wins, and you know they're not getting those high those high draft picks. Tommy DeVito is st- is still playing well. I'm literally pausing when I say his name now because I don't want to say Danny. Tommy DeVito is still playing well. What is the harm in saying you know what? We're going to have a uh, a quarterback competition come August in, in training camp between Jones and DeVito, and we are going to draft one of the best available offensive weapons that's not a quarterback. And then you roll with what you got. I don't know. That could be an option. Do you want me to go? I, look, I will say this quickly, and then I'll let Ellis. I know Ellis watches a lot of college football, too, so – it's the receiver class this year is uber deep, very deep. And it goes well beyond even the finalists for the Bolitnikoff um, this year, which Marvin Harrison won by a single vote. That's how close it was. He didn't, he's not, he was third in the country in receiving yards. He shouldn't have won the award. It is what it is, but it's, it, we're going to talk about, it, and I know this will be the majority of the Christmas episode when we're in your basement and there's four Giants fans talking it up because we've done this before. Two years ago, we had this exact conversation. Is Jones back? Is Barkley back? What do the Giants do? What do they do? They won out and nearly won double-digit games. They got a playoff win. It was best-case scenario, but at the same time, worst-case scenario because then it gives us this year. It elevated expectations. Jones regressed. Uh, now he's hurt. So you almost – I don't want to just say that the, if, the, if he wasn't – if he was healthy, the Giants would be worse off. I can't say that. I don't I don't even know if I really believe that. But DeVito's played his ass off and he looks good throwing the ball. That touchdown to Hodgins, and I texted it in our group chat. It was a fucking dart. To throw that elevated like that back corner of the end zone. Hodgins makes a great play on the ball, but he put that ball in a spot where only his wide receiver is going to make the play. And the perfect comp and the what people are talking about is Brock Purdy. Put Brock Purdy on the Giants this year. The Giants probably have the same amount of wins. Put Daniel Jones. Now, again, Brock Purdy very well might win the MVP this year. But put Daniel Jones in San Francisco. I think San Fran's probably still a playoff team. The weapons and the offensive line around him matter. So it's a real question where the Giants are going to be probably pass in between 5 and 10 picking. Do you look at Marvin Harrison? Do you look at Malik Neighbors? Do you look at Keon Coleman? Do you look at Roma Dunze? There is a vast number of wide receivers that will be available. Do you go and get your guy that is potential Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and give either DeVito or Jones their legit number one, and now everybody else has less of a role and doesn't have to – they have the number one. Wandell's in the slot. Slayton's either a two or a three. Hyatt now becomes a legit deep threat. You you know, you get into more three deep, you know, three receiver sets, kind of like what the Buffalo Bills are running with Diggs on one side and Gabe Davis on the other. Waller will be back. See if he can actually be healthy. Maybe the Giants go full tilt and they take Brock Bowers from Georgia, who is basically a wide receiver. But he can block incredibly well, and he plays on one of the best teams in college football the last three years. The thing I hope they don't do is go offensive line, because that's also a deep class, and there will be a couple of tackles taken 
between like one and 12. I thought you were about to say Waller comes back healthy and just whatever this magic is that DeVito brought, just like Waller just is able to turn it up. Like we haven't been able to see with Jones and wraps, he wraps his legs and gabagool and pursuit and yeah. sends him out and he doesn't get hurt. I'm listening to the fan. I know he texted it in the group this morning. I was on my way to work, but and I've I've started listening more to Boomer and June, just the fan in general. Now that the Giants like have a storyline, I wasn't really there for a while, but they're talking about uh, like a caller called in that was from his town in New Jersey. He's like, "Yeah, I know the exact street. I know that what house is theirs. I'm not going to say the number on the air." And he goes, "Hey, he's probably at 41 Prosciutto Boulevard." <laughs> it's just. I, this is just again, regardless of what happens, I'm just having so much fun with this. The memes, like everything, just the story. I I wrote this down in my notes, and the one thing that I thought of, everyone's like, "Oh, this is like Glenn Sanity, Jeremy Lin." Like this guy came out of the blue, and he's now he he owns the city of New York. More specifically, when I think of what this reminds me of with the Giants, just something that galvanized everyone. Remember the good old days of balling when they're making sack after sack and they're doing the balling. Like that was one of the first things that came into my mind because he had all the players doing balling on the field. They're doing interviews like during the week with the, the different networks about what balling means. And then you got all the fans in the stands doing the, doing the balling. That's what it kind of reminds me of just something that, that galvanized everyone and LSE said it. It's been a rough – I mean, we've had it good. We have Super Bowls in all of our lifetimes. We've had it pretty good if you compare it to some other fan bases. But the last 10, 15 years or so have been ugly. So it is cool. Obviously, the record's not great. But at least for one small moment in time, we're having fun. Everyone's hyped up. And the small kid from New Jersey is literally making all the headlines in the greatest, biggest city on on planet Earth. Um, we can we can wrap it up. Else, you got anything else to add on on the yeah, draft? Just, you know, we'll talk more about obviously as this progresses, we're gonna have to talk about the draft. Dennis, you said we'll have the Christmas episode. We'll get in all that, and we'll just see. This is go- this story is going to change obviously week by week with four games left. So yeah, else, what do you think? Um, you know, j- just kind of what you had you know thrown out before. You had said. Uh, you know, what if the Giants say, you know, there's going to be a quarterback competition? You know, as much as I would like that, you know, I don't think that with, you know, as much, you know, it, it's not a good excuse, but with the bucks that they're paying Jones, they're not going to do that. As, as early in the season, preseason, I don't think they're going to do something like that. Now, if he plays poorly the first few games, I, I don't think they're opposed to taking him out, but I don't think they'll go into the season saying, you know, we're going to have a quarterback competition with a guy that makes 800000 versus a guy that makes $40 million. So, you know, I would love it, but I don't see that happening. Um, now, you know, kind of going on what Dennis was saying with kind of the draft options, you know, I'm not opposed to not taking a quarterback in the first round, but I think if that happens, I think there needs to be a contingency plan, whereas if, like I said, if Jones – isn't playing well the first few games, what's their plan? Are they just going to ride it out? Because I, I don't think that's a good option if they're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. So if they're going to go 
you know, wide receiver, like Dennis said, this is a really deep class. If that's the route they're going to go, I think they need a plan, you know, not that they want it to happen, but in case Jones doesn't play well the first few games, what's their backup plan? I, you know, if they have a plan, I'm totally okay with not taking a quarterback early. So that's kind of all I got to say about that. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep moving along here. Um, again, we'll, we have another episode later in the week where we'll go over picks and we'll preview giant saints in the Superdome, which honestly, gentlemen, I was thinking about buying a ticket to this one. It's not a bad price and it's a cheap flight over there, but I think we're doing a limited hours day at work on Sunday. So I don't think I'll be able to go, but I, I thought about it. New Orleans is cool. I've been there once. Um, Dennis, you have anything else to add on, uh, just while we have Ellis in the room, obviously you and I will be talking about this weekend week out for the, the next few weeks. But anything else you want to throw in there? No, the only thing I'll say is that I'm still on board with taking a quarterback. I'm not going to just dive in and say that DeVito has answered our prayers and he is our guy and he he looks like a true NFL quarterback. And like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. I mean, we're a few weeks removed from Matt, you on this very podcast after the Cowboy game saying that DeVito doesn't look like he belongs in the NFL. Like, yeah. it, it didn't start amazing. It, it, it's progressed in this, you know, g- good play out of DeVito, and it's been helped, obviously, by all the shenanigans that's helping elsewhere. And I know I'll bring up this guy really quickly. I don't want to get too sidetracked. You bring him up all the time on the podcast. I saw him tweet, Salicata. Is he a Giants fan? Because the way he was talking, I thought he was a Jets fan just the way that's how the fan goes. But he was saying he's sick and tired of all the dumb Italian things and the manner and all this stuff because he actually thinks it's overshadowing DeVito's play and that DeVito is a legit quarterback and does have what it takes to stay in the NFL. And I I thought about that being like, all right, yeah, everyone's getting caught up in everything besides his play. And last night was the first time we were really like, oh, Look at this. He's not forcing anything. His completion percentage is very high. He's extending the play by running. He, some of the plays even look designed. So it was like the Giants are finally they're doing that thing we saw with Daniel Jones last year, where like one of his weapons is his legs. Hell, let him use his legs. And we got to see some of his heart. The one play where he slid and they should have thrown the flag. The guy's clearly lunging down at him. Two or three plays later, it might have been the next play. Devito's out there running and he lowers his shoulder to run into a guy. And it's like, all right. Let's do this. The guy's out here and he doesn't give a shit. So I I think Sal, he was wearing a Giants jersey or Giants uh, hoodie today during their practice. I don't think he's a Giants fan. I think he's doing the New York stick. I don't think he's a Giants fan. But also, um, also to your point about or his point, I guess. And I heard us a couple times this morning of. You know, like put all the, the, the fun, like goofy Italian stuff, Italian stereotypes to the side for a second. He's actually playing really well. Uh, I think it was Boomer and Gio that made the good the, the point of we're doing all this. We're having all fun with all the Italian stereotypes and the story and his family doing the chicken cutlets at the tailgate. Imagine if he comes out and he throws a dud on national television on Monday night, a night that has not been kind to the New York Giants. Then it just looks ridiculous. It just, I mean, yeah. it still looks ridiculous, but it looks ridi- like we are laughing with the DeVitos as opposed to the NFL laughing at them. And I think that's because he is playing well. So I think everyone is having fun with the Italian stuff. God knows I am, but I think it's because 
we have this goofy storyline matched with good play. So I, I think if if it if it didn't turn out that way, I think I think again, Sunday could be a shellacking against the Saints. And then all the Italian stuff and the 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 um godfather music before the game starts goes away. So we'll see. It's just fun. I'm enjoying it. All right. On that just, note, Matt, yep, Matt, Giants. I'll just add one yeah. quick thing. Yeah. Um, one one quick thing. You know, we have some live breaking news that concerns Mr. Dennis Vincy here. I don't know if Dennis saw the uh, ESPN update that we uh, just received. Um, the Capitals and Wizards owner is planning to move both those teams to Northern Virginia and out of D.C. So Dennis is going to become a Capitals fan. One, that's, that's, no. go, check, go check your front door. I think they're tearing down your apartment complex to build an arena. Damn. Left a little notice there. Do you think that you um, got that update because you're a Capitals fan and you get Capitals updates? You goober. Why would I get that update? I don't know. Man, Ellis Pats, he's covering all sports. I don't know. But I, I do have one question for you, Dennis. One question. Okay. So, you know, if – on, you know, on, on, Ellis. On else, if I can interrupt you, you said that you had a bunch of questions. Oh um, yeah, I have my got... I have my Don Costanzo questions all prepped. Okay, so we we haven't gotten to that portion of the show yet. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I was I was looking forward to. It. I was like, what are these questions? I I'm excited. maybe I'll come up with some on the fly. Okay, but, but I do have one last one last football question for Dennis. So so Den, you know, you're the college football guru in our group. So you know. Obviously, the top like two or three quarterbacks aren't going to be available for the Giants. Who do you think, based on what you've seen this year, would be a good fit for them that you think might still be around for when they pick? Currently, I think that's impossible to answer. Because even as today, and Drake May from North Carolina made his decision today, everybody knew he was going to the NFL, but today made it official that he's declaring – but I think it's impossible because now there are some mock drafts that have Drake May going one and Caleb Williams dropping all the way to five or six. I've seen multiple mocks that have Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner from LSU, landing with the Giants. If we can't, to me, I, I don't, and then every year they do this and it, all these quarterbacks will be nitpicked to the like 10th degree, whatever. Like it, it sucks for them, but it is what it is. It's part of the process. Caleb Williams, to me, is still number one. Head and shoulders, way up here, by himself. I texted this in one of our group chats, Ellis. Big old gap, then maybe Drake May, but I like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix, the arm that he has, the ability that he has, he's he's kind of got a Josh Allen frame. He's not afraid to tuck it and run. He's smart. What he had to go through, and again, you can make this comparison to many of the quarterbacks, everyone besides Drake May, is a transfer. Caleb Williams, OU to USC. Michael Penix was Indiana to Washington. Bo Nix was Auburn to Oregon. Jaden Daniels was Arizona State to uh, LSU. So, I mean, Jordan Travis transferred from, I don't even know where the hell he was from, to Florida State. I love him, too. This is the other thing. The Giants could try and trade and play around with things where, in their with their first-round pick, could go wide receiver, one of these top guys. And then maybe one of these other quarterbacks are there. But you probably don't want to get screwy with the quarterbacks so let's take a quarterback and then let's go get a receiver in the second round or let's trade up at the end of the first round 
there will be guys there. So I think that's a possibility. But besides Caleb Williams, Bo Nix is my favorite quarterback. Good stuff. I, but I would not be upset. Like the way Jaden Daniels has played, it'll just be interesting. He's not a big guy. He's got a very thin, lanky frame. He's got a freaking cannon, but you know, and he can do everything. Obviously, he can run. He can throw. He, you know, he's very smart. He's improved a hell of a lot in the two years he's been at LSU. Obviously, since Arizona State won the freaking Heisman this year, he broke records that nobody thought would be broken by Joe Burrow. Shattered some of them. So maybe he's the guy. But he also played on one of the best offenses in college football this year with two wide receivers who will also be drafted this year. So you know. I I don't know. And, you know, Drake May is going to be talked because Drake May is the biggest guy. He's He's got a huge frame. He's a big looking. He looks like an NFL quarterback. Scouts are going to fall in love with him. It's like, oh, Drake May, Drake May, Drake May. Fine. To me, I didn't see enough out of Drake May in the time that he was there. Now, he didn't have any of the weapons that these other guys have, but he didn't play against a lot of the same competition either. So I worry about Drake May, even though he's got all the qualities of being an NFL quarterback. All of these guys do. It's why they're talked about like this. We don't know who's going to work out and who's not. So It'll be a fun draft. And it's still a ways away. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's talk more offseason, just on a different sport. Uh, Ellis Passan um, is here. Is that self-proclaimed, or did someone t- call you that first? That's just self-proclaimed. Like, I, I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, Yankees offseason, another common theme. Me and Dennis typically don't give two rats about it because we seem to know how to predict this team's outcomes every single year. Um, we're going to be getting close to, as I call it, uh, surprise injury month, um, which all the Yankees players are shockingly hurt a month before the season starts. And this was never a problem the five months prior. Um, <laughs> So that'll be coming up soon. We'll see how the Yankees handle that one uh, this time around. Off-season moves, obviously, the Yankees get Juan Soto. They give away um, some some prospects from the farm system, which one I'm very upset about, uh, Richard Fitz. Uh, that's a bummer that we had a guy named Dick Fitz on the team the whole time, and I didn't know about it. Um, but, yeah, Juan Soto on what a lot of people are calling a rental. Um the Tyler Higashioka is gone. He was he was a fan favorite. I I loved him. He was always at the bottom of the the order. He wasn't really a flashy player, but he did get it done on, on certain occasions. Um, and Michael King, um, who was a very serviceable pitcher, but the Yankees get Juan Soto on what a lot of people. They also give the the mic back over to you. A lot of people are saying more than likely he is not a Yankee after the season gets completed, or that's a strong possibility. At the Yankees are doing what we've all said is that 2008, uh, was it no, 2009 season, um, the last time they won the World Series, which was against the Phillies, where they just put all their eggs in the 2009 basket and it worked. And this is kind of giving some some memories of that year. Um, is that a fair assessment? What do you think about Juan Soto? Um, what do you think going into going into the season for the New York Yankees? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think the Juan Soto trade was pretty ideal. Um, didn't give up as much as they thought we were going to give up. Um, really didn't touch any of our top prospects. Um, so, you know, the Yankees have really never been 
and nor do I ever think they will be a farm system kind of team. You know, there are teams that rely heavily on that. You know, the, the Orioles, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, occasionally the Red Sox have a little bit, um, but we've never really been that kind of team. You know, we haven't been that team since the 90s. So I know there were, you know, a lot of people were upset because of how many players we sent over. But I think in the grand scheme of things of who we gave up, I don't think it was a big loss. King has been a, a good part of the team the last few years. You know, he's done a, some relief pitching. Last year he did a little starting for us. Um, you know, he's got a little injury history, but when he's out there, he's been pretty solid. Um, but really, other than him, I think giving up him and, you know, as an MLB-ready guy and the, the minor leaguers we sent, I, I think we get a good deal. You know, um, you know, we don't know what Soto's going to do after the season. I don't really think there's, you know, as of now, I don't think there's any chance he's going to re-sign during the season. Um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with Scott Boris, who is his agent, and, you know, he's, you know, top-tier agent in the MLB, and everyone kind of knows how he does his thing, um, kind of how he negotiates. And, you know, so an in-season re-sign for Soto was probably pretty unlikely. Um, but, I, but, you know, I, I think based on the results of the season, I think the Yankees have a chance to bring him back. You know, there's going to be competition at the end of the season between other teams, the Dodgers, maybe the Giants, maybe even back to the Padres. Um, for him, but I think they'll definitely be in it, and I think the better they do, I, I think they're more likely to bring him back. Um, so, you know, really getting him, you know, they got Trent Grisham as well, who is, uh, you know, not much of a hitter. Um, he's a very good defensive player. He can steal some bases. Um, really what would be ideal is if uh, Stanton broke his leg next month, and uh, um, that would give Judge a little more room to DH, which, you know, he is a good center fielder, um, but I don't think any Yankee fan wants Aaron Judge playing center field for 130 games this year. I think that's way too much. I think his body has shown that he can't do that many games in center field. It's a very demanding position. Um, so... The ideal situation would be having him able to DH and, you know, you put Grisham at the bottom of the order who's, you know, he's not going to get a lot of hits, but when he gets on, he could steal bases, but he's a phenomenal defender. So if they can give up that one spot in the lineup, but for some awesome defense who, you know, Soto is not the best defensive player. Um, he is, you know, strictly we got him for his offense. He is not a very good outfielder. He's pretty average. Um, so having a little extra help in the outfield would be a good thing. Um, so I think Stanton is really the problem on this team right now. Um, I think he's really what's going to hold them back. Um, he can't play the outfield. He thinks he can. He plays one game and he, you know, he breaks a toenail and he's out for three months. So, um, him being in the picture causes a lot of issues. Um, so I would not be upset if he had one of those, you know, as Matt said, magic injury month injuries coming up soon. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I do think Rizzo, you know, Rizzo kind of had a, had a down year last year compared to the year before when we got him. Um, 
I think he's going to bounce back a little bit. They said um, he started working with a new hitting coach this offseason. It's the same guy Judge went to the year before he won, had his big season. Um, so hopefully that'll help him. Um, I really like the addition of Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox. Um, you know, Red Sox-Yankee trading is not something that's typical. Um, I think I saw something that said, like, eight times since 1960 they've made a trade. So it's pretty rare. Um, but I think the Red Sox were kind of done with him. I don't think Cora wanted him around at all. They didn't get along. Um, and it, it kind of showed at the end, you know, Verdugo wasn't really in the game. He kind of seemed like a, a D-bag there. Um, but I'm hoping that this will maybe be a new start for him. And I think it'll be a good place for him um, to kind of, you know, bring back what he brought originally to the Red Sox. You know, he's got potential to be a, you know, a good 280, 290 hitter, and he's a decent outfielder, and he gets on base. And, you know, I, this offense needs more contact hitters, especially from the left side. So with him and Soto coming from the left now, two more lefties, you know, I think that's going to help. But now really, really what we're waiting for, we need – we need another pitcher or two. So, you know, we have Cole and Severino left. Not that, you know, we were really relying on him. He's, it was hurt every two seconds. Um, but, you know, Cole was in his prime right now, and we're really just wasting his career. Um, he has the option to opt out after this season um, of his contract. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. If, you know, I, I think if the Yankees don't, Get at least get to the World Series. I think Cole is gone. I think he'll opt out and he'll go somewhere else the following year. So I think this is you know Yankees are really buying all in this year. Um, you know they're waiting to see what Yamamoto is going to do. I think we have a good chance to get him, um, but I think the Dodgers also might have a chance based on you know the the stuff you saw with Otani. You know he's only taking two million dollars a year, so that kind of frees up a lot for them, which is wild. Um, you know, he'll be from his age 30 to 40, he'll be making $68 million a year, which is just bonkers. Um, but, you know, there's still other starters out there. You know, I've read a little that Montgomery is interested in coming back. You know, I don't know how much he's going to want. He had a really good season, so I think that might hurt us a little bit. Probably not going to want to pay him what he wants. Um, but there are some other good starters still out there. Um, some guys we could put in the three, four, five spot. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of where I'm thinking, you know, I if we don't make it to the World Series and win this year, it's a failure, flat out. You know, I didn't feel like that the last few years wake up with the makeup of the roster. This year is if they don't win, it's a complete failure and they need to blow it up. They haven't done that in a long time. And if they don't win, I think it needs to happen. Well, I'm glad you say that because – me and Dennis, obviously, our patience has kind of run out uh, with this team and guys like Giancarlo Stanton who get brought on and paid all this money and they can't stay healthy, to your point. They get a, a hangnail and they just can't function for months at a time. That's extremely frustrating. And I honestly forgot about the Verdugo one because me and Dennis had talked about it like right as it happened, literally while we were recording. Um, yeah, it's... Ellis, I'll say this. I'll give the mic to Dennis, and if you want to have any thoughts, like they have to. And we've talked. I don't know if you've listened to this part, but where I know you listen to most of our episodes, but 
Brian Cashman in that press conference. I still haven't forgotten about that. That was we're only what a few weeks removed from this, where he's just like calling out how little the fans know, calling out how little the the press knows, and you know that might be true to some extent, but just sounding like such a dick. And like, come on, man, you've been at this for how long now? You've been with the team for how long? And it's the the definition of insanity. Just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is, is how I personally um, view the Yankees. But Dennis, we hadn't spoken um, or we talked before the Juan Soto deal and, and Ellis, you mentioned Yamamoto. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but uh, do you have any thoughts? And, and Shohei, frankly, when it sounded like he was going to Toronto, I was like, is he really going to go to Toronto? Like, I, I'm calling BS. I never thought that was going to actually uh be completed but De- dennis any of your thoughts i'm glad ellis and you know you've acquired the name he should not be named mostly because of your beloved yankees and giving hope for him so i do love and applaud you for saying that in 2024 if it's not a world series trip it's a flat out bust and it is we've talked about this in the infamous group chat i hate Trading away farm system pieces, guys who we don't know yet are not developing for a guy to come in for one season. And in one of our group chats, it was shared today. They asked him, what's it going to be like playing alongside Aaron Judge? And Soto responded like, I'm just going to enjoy the moment while I'm here. That's not what I want to hear in December, getting ready for next year. I'm just happy to be here. Gonna go out and play my ass off so I can get 400 million next year. That's cool, bro. But if you walk out the door with a World Series ring, I'll be okay. Other than that, glad you were here for the rental. Hopefully those guys we traded don't turn out to be studs. Or at the very least, very serviceable players who will have the next six to eight years of a successful Major League Baseball career. That will hurt me. So I'm glad you said what you said to me i matt we talked about the brian cashman comments he's acting like an ass but at the same time he's been hearing this he has to be frustrated you know he is you don't want to hear him say that but now a couple weeks removed i'm like all right maybe he's got a little fire under his tush you know We're, we've been asking him to do something in the off season, and he finally is doing that there are guys coming in there you got the big stud Got the big bat in Soto. I never believed Shohei Otani was coming to the Yankees if that was ever blurted out or reported on that he might be visiting or this. I never believed that the Yankees would go all in on a guy like that. But Soto, I really thought the Yankees needed to grab. But then, like you said, it Grisham, solid defender. Verdugo, he's a left-hander in Yankee Stadium. That's a huge benefit. And he's got some pop. So if he gets some... You know, enough playing time. You know, I want I almost want to see him as an everyday guy. We'll see how like what Ellis said, we'll see how the Yankees handle it because you know, there were talks that Aaron Judge is eventually gonna make his way to first base because Anthony Rizzo is up after this year. I'd be okay with that. And also, I mean, it's totally right to get he's a big dude, he's a big body. You don't need him sprinting in center field for 130 to 140 games. And I'm sorry, but I want Aaron Judge on the field for a hundred to 130 to 140 games he's an mvp caliber player and if he plays anything less than that he's not in the running for an mvp because his stats won't be there so 
again, it's some, you know, tempered expectations. It's my, I'm not getting excited for the Giants because I won't let them rip my heart out. Even though if they walk into the Superdome next week and get a win, here we go. Now I got to get blackout drunk on Christmas Day in front of my family because we need a win at Philly. That's just how it's going to go. So I won't get this excited about the Yankees. To me, the biggest thing is Yamamoto. Any of these teams that are winning in October that are World Series contenders, they have more than one starting pitcher. You're not winning a seven-game series with one ace. It's not happening. These guys aren't pitching three times in a seven-game series anymore or at least looking studly in a seven-game series. It's just it's not happening. It's too much pressure on that one individual. And if, for whatever reason, they get beaten by the opposing ace, well, then you're SOL. So this is a huge hiccup if they're able to bring him in. If they can't, I will absolutely not knock him for going out west to play. I guess he's talking to the Dodgers if he talks to the Giants. The Dodgers seem like it would be a perfect fit. Come on over. You don't necessarily have to be our ace, even though you probably will be. And, I mean, pressure's on then. I mean, come on, L.A. You got one World Series with all this talent, and it's the COVID year. Asterix. I'm sorry, but that it's there. You only play 60 games? Not a full season, bruh. Prove it to me in full season. That lineup's going to be ridiculous. What are they going to have? Shohei Bat in second? It's insane. So, right. and then we can just line up Astros-Dodgers for the World Series for the next five years. But So, I, I think the pitching is, we know the bats are what fail the Yankees every postseason, but if you don't have the arms, if you don't, if you don't have a way to get to your bullpen in October, it's not going to matter. Garrett Cole is not going to be able to go, like, say what Madison Bumgarner did a couple of years ago for the Giants. I just don't see that happening for any pitcher. Not I'm not just picking on Garrett Cole. Any ace right now for these teams that are, you know, potential World Series favorites. So I, I think Yamamoto is huge. They get that. It will be a hell of an offseason for Brian Cashman. And then he can say whatever he wants. Look it. I did it. Now it's in the hands of the players. They have to perform. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And if they um, don't, burn it all down to the ground. Yeah. Um, let me ask Ellis, because I don't believe he was on the show when this happened. Um, but Ellis, I just want your thoughts just to wrap up since and we got to get out of here in a second. Um, but we didn't talk to you since the season had wrapped up. Me, Dennis, correct me if I'm wrong, you as well, we're both very much on the no Aaron Boone coming back, no Brian Cashman coming back. They're both back. What are your thoughts? Um, I wasn't really surprised that Cashman came back. Um, but, you know, would I have liked to have seen him go? Yeah, but didn't surprise me. Um, I, I thought the more likely route was that Boone wasn't going to come back. Um, you know, I don't think he's the guy. You know, you know, he's, he seems to say the right things. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, people upstairs are pulling the strings and he just kind of follows orders and, you know, does what he's told to do and say what he's told to say. Um, you know, that's not really, I think, the type of manager the fans would like. You know, I understand why an organization like the New York Yankees, the most, you know, valuable sports franchise in the world, would want someone that is going to say, yes, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 I'd be a robot. 
Um, but you know, he, he's not the choice I would like, you know, I don't know, you know, I didn't really think, look to see like who would have been an option. Um, you know, kind of really before I kind of thought about that stuff, they brought him back. Um, so, you know, they said he was going to come back. So, you know, I, I think this year is it for him as well. Um, if the job doesn't get done, especially if they get Yamamoto and they add another, you know, third, fourth starter, if they don't get the job done this year, injuries aside, regardless if they happen or not, he's gone. Whether Cashman will be gone or not, I don't know. Um, I think Steinbrenner's really starting to get fed up, and I think he started handling some things this offseason. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Cashman doesn't come back next year if they don't win. Um, but I definitely think Boone, this is make or break 100% for him, no matter what. Was muted. I thought that would have happened already, um, but I guess not in their eyes. But you're exactly right. I think they keep him around because they know they can pull the strings, and he's a yes man, and they're paying for him to be a yes man. Um, yeah, season way closer. Dennis, did you have anything else to add? Not on the Yankees. Again, right. just get Yamamoto, and then it's a perfect off season. And sure, some hype for the season, but I will not garner any excitement because I've I've seen it before. I'll garner excitement to see a baseball field, but I won't garner excitement to be like, "This is our year! Here we go!" Yeah, it's the same. I watched opening day was the only game I watched last year because baseball's back. And all right, we're getting springtime, summertime. You know. It, it's fun. It's it's exciting for the sport you like to come back. But then I have watched a lot, but it's also a lot easier when Lauren's cable provider allows me to get free MLB TV. And makes I paid for MLB TV last year, too. Never used it. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I enjoy it. I want to watch them. You go to work, you eat dinner, you get in your PJs, you watch the Yankees, the Yankees end, I go to bed. It's a great routine. All righty. Uh, we got to wrap up here. Um, Ellis, thanks for coming on. He should not be named um, in the, no, I was going to say in the flesh, but you're not, you're on a computer screen talking to me. Um, but we'll bring you on, obviously, as it gets closer to the year. Maybe uh, who knows what will happen along the way, whether it's Giants or college basketball or, or what have you. Um, but again, congrats on fatherhood and send, send our thoughts to the missus as well. Will do. Uh, thanks for having me. Always enjoyed being on. Do you have anything? Do you have anything else to throw in there? You know, I don't think so. Let's go, G-Man. Good, G-Man. Dennis, any closing thoughts? I do not. No, no, I don't. All right. All I have to say is Tommy Cut. Oh wait, you know I do have one thing. I think it's been. uh, I think it's been more than a month since I've hit a lock in the picks. I'm really, uh, I'm really struggling. So, Dennis, can you throw me a bone next week? I think I can try, but I'm pretty sure now. I haven't looked. I haven't paid. I was away working all weekend, so I like most of it's not even filled in. I just uh, have screenshots of all the text messages that people sent me because I was too busy. But I'm almost certain that I took an 04 this week. Like I didn't get any point. I didn't get a single game right. So, shout out Italian so Stallion, and you might finally be out of the basement, and I'll take your place. Start of the season so hot, like the first six or seven weeks, and I've just plummeted, plummeted. Ugh. 
Don't get me started. It's been a terrible year for any sports predicting whatsoever. Up oh, there's social media manager. Hello. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah. Hello. Oh, you're doing this again? Cool. We'll do the uh we'll do the picks again later in the week. Um, and we'll recap all that. We'll talk about Giants Saints. And uh Hugh should not be named. Maybe I'll see you around Christmas time. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um Come meet the baby. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll I'll keep you posted if nothing else. You like, gotta see yeah. the baby. I even just come by and say hi for a few minutes or something. See the baby. All right, guys. Uh Alice again, thanks for thanks for joining. We'll have you back on down the road. Um Dennis, thank you as always. Um, we're on Twitter, X at Matt Dennis Pod. Follow us there for all uh, current and previous uh, episodes you can find. All posted on there. And we are getting that much closer to the fun, the infamous Matt and Dennis Christmas episode, which is always my favorite of the year. But Tommy Cutlets, Gabagools, uh, Antipast, and also. Tommy DeVito's dad runs DeVito Plumbing, and I heard an ad for it on the radio. Best thing I ever heard. It was like, this is Tommy DeVito's dad, and you're listening to the, the fan. If you need some good plumbing, call DeVito Plumbing. We got to get them on the show. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you later in the week. Gabagools. Dennis. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Adios. You should have said ciao. Oh, that's a good episode. I didn't want to. Can you put the Rabbit a boopy? Giggles, huh? Peter, what are you doing? Speaking Italian. Play action from DeVito. End zone. Catch is made. Touchdown. Isaiah Hodgins. Baby the boop and a